Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. We are joined by our dear friend and our inspiration, John Robbins. I don't think you need any introduction because everybody already knows you and loves you so much, John. Thank you so much for joining us and taking time from your day to speak with us. Well, I'm glad to be here. It's always a privilege. Always. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So we uh, learned about you a while ago. In fact, we learned about your your work when we were at uh, UCSD and even prior to that in 2006 and even prior oh, to that. Yeah, I, I remember having a copy of your book, uh, Diet for a New America, when I was in medical school. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so your name and your work has been a part and parcel of our background in science and in medicine and healthcare in general. And I know that you probably have, you know, spoken about your story to so many people and uh, you probably, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a repetition, but we, we, we would love for you to actually tell us how you embarked on this journey. And, you know, uh, we've read your books. They're incredible. The Diet for a New America. We uh, read The Diet for a New World, uh, The Food Revolution, Healthy at 100, No Happy Cows, and the, the, last, the latest book, The New Good Life. And, you know, this, there's so much beauty in your message and in your story. And we would love for you to tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe we can actually start From with childhood? your childhood. What did your childhood look like? Well, it, it was unusual um, in that my father and my uncle um, founded what became the world's largest ice cream company, Baskin Robbins. 31 flavors and and i'm an only son i had sisters but no brothers and in my father's worldview, um women aren't supposed to work <laughs> it's it's kind of that old-fashioned paternalistic idea and he was part of that generation and had that thinking and so he also all the weight of his expectations for the continuation of the company were on me he didn't didn't think that either of my sisters you know, it just wasn't part of his thinking mm -hmm. that they, they would play a role. So it was all on me. And as I was growing up, I was being literally groomed to succeed him and, and running what became a multi-billion dollar company. And, and, you know, as a kid, I loved it. I mean, I loved ice cream and I ate a ton. I mean, more than you can imagine. I, I literally ate ice cream for breakfast and we had an ice cream cone shaped swimming pool in our backyard. And I mean, it was really the, the full thing. And, and everybody was sick and, and fat in my, my family. I wasn't overweight myself because I did, I just wasn't drawn to this, mm -hmm. but, but I, I did like ice cream and, and everyone else in my family was overweight and ill. And, and my, my father had, had serious diabetes and heart disease and, 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 and my mother died of Alzheimer's disease. Um, and uh, my uncle, Bert Baskin, um, died of a heart attack in his very early 50s. Um, I could go on and on. The family was not well, well healthy at all. And this is what happens. You know, this is the family product. You know, an ice cream cone isn't going to kill anybody. But the more you eat, the more ice cream you eat, the, the more likely you are to have a heart attack like killed my uncle or develop diabetes or, uh, like my father had or 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 developed high bread blood pressure, which everybody in my family seemed to have, and um, or or and, and develop Alzheimer's, which which killed my mom, and 
in the long and, 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 and very painful process that you're of course all too familiar with. So, um, one of the things I love about your work is, is the way that you help people to avoid those kinds of things. I mean, having watched my, my mother, um, deteriorate slowly and tragically, um, and, and, and this is common with, with, with Alzheimer's. We, we, we see this. It, it's such a painful process, and on, on, not just for the person undergoing it, although, of course, for them, but also for their family and the caregivers. And, um, and the fact that you have found a way uh, to live a lifestyle and, and, and a way of eating that can prevent so much of that mm-hmm. um, is to me just fa- is so important, and 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 I, it's one of the things I love about you guys. Uh, there's one many things I love about you, but just personally, um, having watched my mother go through that, um, and and not wanting anyone to, frankly, um, it's it's just very meaningful and moving to me what you do. Um, my my family didn't believe uh, my family of origin did not believe that there was any connection between health and food. Mm-hmm. Um, they just thought, well, eat the food that's available. We're so lucky in the West to have lots of food. Our supermarkets are brimming with food and lots of choices. Just eat what you like. It's all safe. It's all good. They, they really believed we had the safest and healthiest food supply in the world and the best medical system in the world. And, and they were kind of blind to, to the, to the, to the shadow uh, side of, of these things. And I, I remember trying to talk to my 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 dad actually it was after my uncle died of a heart attack and i asked my dad do you think his death might have had anything to do with the because he was a very big guy he ate a lot of ice cream mm-hmm. really overweight and he died of a heart attack in his early 40s and i said do you, do you think there could be any connection i asked my dad between my uncle's fatal heart attack and the amount of ice cream he would eat mm-hmm. and my dad just looked at me sternly and his words were um, no, his ticker just got tired and stopped working. Those were his words. There was another message being conveyed. I don't know with his body language or his energy, <laughs> subliminally, but somehow the message was, don't you ever ask that question again. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's a taboo in, in my family. Like, uh, different families have different taboos. Different right. things right. can't be discussed. They're just too painful or too challenging or too... too, too uh, unsafe somehow and and in my family of origin it what ironically it was that there might be any connection between the food you ate and your the health you'd experience mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and particularly with it regarding ice cream and i can understand my dad had at that time by that time he had manufactured and sold more ice cream than any human being who'd ever lived on this planet yeah he did not want to think that the family product was hurting anybody Mm. He couldn't bear that thought. So he pushed it away, and he couldn't even consider the possibility that there might be some truth to that. I then felt obligated to consider whether there might be some truth to that. I, I And I didn't want to make my living selling a product that was undermining people's health. And if you're in the business of ice cream, you want people to eat a lot. <laughs> you know, the money isn't made off the occasional person that gets an ice cream cone or a milkshake. The money is made off the heavy users, as they're called, the people mm-hmm. who come in every day and eat so much ice cream that it is endangering their health. 
it is under uh, undermining their, their cardiovascular system. It is compromising their the circulation to their brain. It it is it is damaging them. And the short term gratification, the immediate pleasure that ice cream absolutely provides. I'm not under. I'm not blind to that. Um, but it's at a real cost, yeah. and a real price. And I didn't. I didn't want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Just felt out of keeping with my ethics to do that. I'm I'm kind of intrigued by this because I'm I'm always thinking about the nidus of thought, where does the first thought originate? And you you are not a normal kid. Uh, You were the national debate champion and you were uh, academically pretty advanced. And so they had groomed you to become a titan of business, but in that grooming, the seeds of thought were laid down as well. And, and those seeds started bringing up questions, questions against the, the core of what creates a family gravity. I call it, and, and we face this in, in our family where we're questioning some thoughts and some, 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 some beliefs. And, and it's, it's disturbing to so many that either you, they're, you're pushed away or, or, or worse, you know? So, but your seeds of thoughts started at what age? When did you actually start questioning this? Was this with your uncle's heart attack or even prior to that, were you starting to question? It was much earlier than that. You know, my, my earliest thoughts that I can remember having were why? Why is there so much suffering in this world? Why isn't there more love and beauty? And why, why aren't we more compassionate with each other? Why, why, why are, can, be, can people be so destructive and, and mean and cruel? And, and, so, and to themselves as well. I mean, yeah. their lack of self-care, the lack of, of self-love, the, la- the lack of um, gratitude for the, the preciousness of life, um, and, and, and the lack of reverence for life, those kind, that just grated on me. And, and, I, and I wanted to know, why is this? I don't know if I've ever stopped asking that, actually, and I don't know that I've ever gotten an answer that um, completes the question, but I've gotten... Um, motivation from from wondering the, uh, that way and and asking that question. Motivation to be of service to find to find a way. I think the happiest people in the world are those who have found a way to and developed their capacity to be of service to others. If you can bring happiness, joy, health, beauty to people's lives, if you can help them their hearts to unfold and, and be be stronger, you're doing something wonderful. And and to me, more wonderful than if you provide them with the momentary pleasure yeah. of an ice cream cone that's going to end up, you know, causing them, them, them harm. So I don't know. My parents used to ask, where did you come from? You know, they didn't know. They couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And, and I, I couldn't really either. I just, and I just landed in that family with this profound um, objection to to what we have normalized in our society, the level of indifference to each other's well-being, yeah. the, the level of doggy dogness, you know. Yeah. And the truth is, dogs don't even eat dogs, yeah. you know. And 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 I have a friend who told me that when she was a little girl and she first heard that phrase "doggy dog world," she thought they meant doggy dog world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that because that was the way she lived and. She, she loved dogs, and it was a doggy dog world, it was a, 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 a wagging tail world, 
Yeah. That's the world that she wanted to live in. And and I, I would like to help all of us to to live with more of our hearts and center and more of our souls and our and our inner guidance prevailing yeah. rather than just having to obey the dictates of society, fulfill the expectations of society, of our parents, of you know, of, of a consciousness that that isn't that expanded or or really that clear anyway. Yeah. Um, I I I I, I think it's it's really to do the work that you're doing, to do the work that that, that I've been given to do, and feel very privileged to do. Um, it's the, the joy of that is so much greater, yeah. you know. And and I I wanted that from the very beginning. I, I wanted to my life. You know, there was a lot of pain in my childhood. I was growing up in a family where there wasn't much love. Uh, there, nobody ever hugged anybody. Nobody ever said they loved anybody. Um, um, there was there was violence and, and and there was hatred and abuse and I I I wanted that pain not to be in vain. You know I I didn't know how uh, uh, to make it meaningful to, to use it as some kind of a launching pad into something uh, more more meaningful and profound and positive. But I I I felt this 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 compulsion to to see if I could find that mm-hmm. and. Um, that meant challenging um, and, frankly, uh, uh, opposing some yeah. of the basic ideas that my parents lived by. Yeah, um, they weren't loving ideas. Um, they weren't um, life affirming, life giving ideas. Um, so I felt the, the need to challenge them. My parents didn't take well to that. They didn't want a son who would challenge their beliefs or question their basic thinking. They they wanted someone who would obey and do what they wanted him to do and which was take over, you know, right, you know, the, the company. And I have to say, when I was a little kid, I, lo- I worked at, I, my dad did grow me. I worked at every facet of the company and I ate so much ice cream and, and I loved it at first. I mean, I, it, we, I grew up in Southern California where, where the weather was hot and ice cream was really delicious and, and the hot weather. And man, I ate a ton of it. I, I loved it. But but then I paid a price too in terms of my health and and I and I soon began to say well there's just got to be more to life than this I don't know yeah. what it is there's just got to be more than 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 inventing a thirty second flavor yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's incredible um, <clears throat> it must have been a very uh, well whenever somebody stands up to the status quo and they come up with a a thought or an action. That is very, very different. It's complete. You know, you're you're essentially choosing a path that hasn't been trotted on yet. You you choose a completely different route, a completely different way of existence. Um, that can be very scary, and especially, uh, you know, coming from from people who absolutely love you. And you know, in our life, Dean and I have both made some decisions that were quite drastic, and um, those are very scary because you lose. So much, you lose your tribe, you lose your comfort, you lose uh, trust, and um, the the purpose behind that action has to be so strong, and your belief in it so solid that you essentially just trust that, and you move forward, and you create a new path and a new life for you. So I can't even imagine how scary it must have been for you to to uh, take an alternative and, route in life. And and as scary as it was for us, I'm getting a little teary-eyed because 
my tribe is this man now. Well, you are our tribe. And this, absolutely. This is my family, <laughs> my and the, and the amazing, lovely people that absolutely. are with us. But at least you you and I had each other. And yes. we we made our decision in a very difficult place. We we made, we were in Afghanistan. I was creating the entire healthcare system and and we're bringing women's empowerment and all of that stuff. But that wasn't as much a problem as when we said we're going to go plant-based and, and vegan. And that actually kicked us out of the country. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, how, that was, how did that happen? What, 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 what? Um, the slippery slope of faulty logic. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's it. Um, uh, so if you're not eating meat, you're, you're, you're challenging, um, uh, Abraham, the father of all religions. Oh, and, and that's blasphemy yeah. and blasphemy is, uh, a follow, lot of, uh, yeah, follow the line from there. Got and uh, the two of us at the time were doing amazing work in, in orphanages. We were building towns, just the two of us building entire systems. Uh, uh, it's published on PubMed, the most successful women's empowerment program in the world was created. I, I created around women in healthcare, but all of that overnight gone because of, because of our choice of compassion. Um, I loved meat. I, I tell you, I love that taste of meat. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I, I did. And I love the, uh, the, 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 the horrible food that I was eating, even, you know, the, the, the sugar and everything else, but that actually completely changed the perspective and the choice that we made uh, was consequential. Uh, we lost everything there, but that was nothing. That was nothing. What we gained was, an incredible sense of purpose for a, a changing world for greater circle of compassion, a greater circle of uh, empathy, a greater, a wider circle of acknowledging the other and their health and their well-being and their their existence. And um, and uh, when we, uh, by the way, we had the book and your book. Um, and, uh, and when we, um, had the first conversation and I know exactly where that was, uh, I tell you a book can be a family. So what calmed us down despite the losses the, was knowing that people like you, and I'm, I'm not trying to give you a fulsome flattery. I'm not, I'm not a bombastic person usually, but, but, um, was to know that uh, the, the path to, to wider compassion has always been slow, incremental, and the 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 the, the small steps. And so you laid that down. But you were alone, I think, weren't you? In your household, you were by yourself. Well, in my family of origin, yes, I didn't yeah. have any allies or people I could talk to about what I my inner life or what I was thinking and needing and wanting and seeing. Um, no, I, I really was alone, although. I went. I went. I went to college. I went to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, in the '60s, and <laughs> I met, um, which was a great place at that time. And I, and I met my my wife there, uh, Dave. Lovely. <laughs> and we we've been together for for 56 years now, and um, and that made all the difference because um, although I had already decided internally when I met her that I wasn't going to fulfill my father's agenda with my life. I hadn't told him yet. And that was really the challenging thing. It was one thing to kind of know it within myself, but to confront him, he's a very powerful guy. He was used to getting his way. He had tens of thousands of employees. I mean, he, this was a, he was a tycoon and, and he, he fully expected me to do what he wanted. He, he didn't really have any space for anything else. And, um, 
but I, I did have her support then. She knew, she got me. She understood me. She got my spirit. And, and um, when her parents met me and, and uh, they were lower middle class folks, um, and she brings home this guy who's the son of a billionaire, and, and that's kind of overwhelming to them. Um, but it's, they, they like that a lot. I mean, it's going to guarantee their daughter and probably them, they think, um, financial security, which they didn't really have. And then they, 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 they I'd say no, um, to that opportunity and to the money. And they didn't care for that at all. <laughs> One thing they liked about me was then gone. And, and, and it was hard for me to, too, because I didn't want to hurt my, my, my parents. I didn't, particularly my father, I didn't want to hurt him. I didn't see a way I could tell him without hurting him. I looked, I tried. One of the reasons I delayed telling him was because I was wrestling with this, looking for, to try to find a way that I could tell him that he might be able to be understanding towards. But I, I wasn't able to do that. Um, he, he, he took it as a rejection of him and his life work. And even though I tried everything I could think of to try to make it as, I don't know, I don't know, as, um, comfortable for him as possible. Uh, he just wasn't ex experiencing it that way. So he, he was quite angry at me and, and we, we didn't talk for, for quite a while and that hurt, but you know, I, I had to be true to myself. I, I just, um, and at the time, of course, I didn't know I would eventually write books that would be bestsellers and so forth. I, I just was a kid yeah. in my early 20s. Um, and I'd seen what ice cream, that much ice cream, does to the health of, of, of a family. And I'd also seen what that much money does or can do to people. Yeah. And although in our society we 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 are we're, we tend to be jealous and envious of folks that have that kind of money, I'm not. I'm not because I I've seen it. I've seen it up close and personal. And and it, when people make money into their god, when people make money the goal, rather than a means to an end, a greater end of being able to be more service to people, but into that's how they measure success. Um, boy, it becomes a a, a noose in time mm -hmm. and. And I think as a society, that's what we've done. We, 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 we've measured success in monetary terms. So if you say somebody's a success, they're successful, what we really mean when we say that usually is that they've made a lot of money or have a lot of money. So we really define success in, in monetary terms. And I think we impoverish ourselves <laughs> when we define success that way because there's so much more to us as human beings than that. And surely we all need our basic needs, our human needs met. And, our, our, and I think one of the crimes of our times is that we are, so much money is in the hands of so many, such so, so few people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so many other people don't have their basic needs met. And that, and so we've made human greed more important than, than meeting basic human needs. And I, and I think that's a, that's one of the things I'm, I'm here to challenge and change if we can. Yeah. 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 Uh, we fully agree. I mean, the, the potential of human flourishing, if people are given the time and resources to bring up you know, each human being, a, a quadrillion neurons being creative, but people don't have the time because they're surviving from moment to moment. 
yeah. the, 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 the amount of time allotted to creativity is, is the, the data is there is not, not at all there because you need to build it. Yeah. It, so when they bring the argument that a few people can, and I, I'm not making a socioeconomic statement, I guess maybe I am, I, when a few people can actually be trillionaires and billionaires and they can lead the society, let's say that's true. Yes, there are great creative people. But what are we losing when there are billions that can barely survive and can't bring that creativity to the surface, which would lift all of humanity and the planet? There's so much loss that's not being discussed. Sorry, my digression. You you brought up that topic that I'm very passionate about as well. No, but yeah, it's great. So you moved out and <clears throat> you left everything behind, John. Um, was this uh, you know when you were together with your lovely wife Deo, or was it just solo? Did you yeah, know? shortly after we met, um, after Deo and I had gotten together, actually, we um, it happened that um, my uncle Bert Baskin. What was still alive, but he he was sick. He'd had two heart attacks already, and was probably going to have a third. And as I said, he was a very very big guy, and and um, he had, he wasn't able to work any longer. Mm. But the company was so successful that it didn't need him anymore. But but um, what happened was uh, the United Fruit Company came to um, my dad and uncle and offered to buy the company for a staggering amount of money, and. Um, my uncle who knew he was very ill and the possibility of, of dying was, was very real for him at that point. Um, and he knew it. And, and so he really wanted to take the offer because that way his family is set for life. He, none of his kids will ever have to work. And, and in his mind, that's a good thing. I, I wouldn't agree with that, but that's anyway, that's how he thought. So, um, and they, they, you know, he, 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 that'd be all handled financially forever. And, um, but my father didn't want to sell, uh, the company because he wanted to, to give it to me. And that was brought to all this to a head because it was a choice point for him, for my dad, do I sell the company or not? And he, he told me there's an offer like this does not come along every day. It was a staggering offer. And, 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 my uncle wanted to say yes, and that's fifty percent of the of it. But, but it took both of them. And and my dad said, if you think there's any, ch I know you've got all these other ideas. You're against the war in Vietnam, and you're for civil rights and all this bullshit. He said, but if you if you think you're gonna, this is a phase, and you're gonna get over it and and want to work with me, then I'm gonna say no to this offer, so we can do that. But if you are, you're gonna continue on this in this idiotic path that you've taken um, and don't appreciate what I, what I've got, I'm offering you here, uh, then I'm going to take it. So you got to tell me. And, and he basically put, put that on me, um, which was okay with me because I, I knew the answer to that. And I, I and I said, dad, I, I really appreciate your thinking of me that way. Um, but the truth is, um, I'm not, I, I, my purpose in life, as best I understand it, isn't to make more ice cream, isn't to put Baskin Robbins in every country in the world, isn't to invent a 30-second flavor, isn't to make that kind of money. It, it, it's to, to do something else. And I don't quite know what it is yet, but it's not that. Mm. So you have my blessing and my gratitude if you sell the company. 
he didn't accept that very well. He he was he, he got very angry at me about it, and um, this is not what he wanted. But you know, in the long run, what happened was my okay, so they did sell the company. Um, my uncle died shortly after that. Um, my dad stayed on as president, eventually chairman of the board, and all that. Um, fast forward some years, and his his health started to to, to get really bad. He, he had it was really he was a very sick guy, and his his cardiologist uh, told him so. And one day, and this was in 1988, he, the cardiologist said to him, "Well, you're a really sick guy." And you, you, we, all the best we can do is try to juggle your medications and try to make your few remaining years a little more comfortable. Um, unless you are willing to make really major changes in how you live and what you eat. And then there might be a different prognosis for you. And my dad was scared. To him, this is the high priest of Western medicine talking. He's the highest priced cardiologist in Rancho Mirage, California. It's this... So he, he, uh, he said, well, what, what, what do I need to do? What, what are you talking about? Major changes in how I live. And what do we, what do you, what do you exactly mean? And the cardiologist, not knowing that the author of diet for new America was his patient's son. He knew who my, my dad was absolutely. But he, but he'd read DNA had just come out. Death for had just come out. He'd read it. I don't. I only mentioned Vasco Ramos once in the whole book, oh. and he, he missed that. And it was before all the publicity that eventually ensued had come out, so he didn't know. But he said to him, "Well, if you're really serious, there is this book I think you should read." And he hands him a copy of Diet for America, not knowing, not knowing. Wow. And, you know, and my dad knew because when I first book first was published i sent him an autographed copy hoping he might read it he didn't he wouldn't have anything to do with it but now that the doctor gave him a copy of my book in his world it had now been blessed by the high priest of western medicine so now he he read the copy the doctor gave him not the copy i'd given him but he did read it and he started to make changes small ones at first but he got some results and, and uh, his blood pressure kind of started to come down. He needed less medication for that. His, his, his insulin sensitivity started to return. He, he'd been told that his diabetes was so bad, the prognosis was for um, an amputation of a foot or even a leg. Mm. I mean, he, 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 um, uh, his, his need for insulin was really great. Um, his diabetic diabetes was, was advanced. Right. And... What happened, though, over the next two or three years, as I, my dad made changes and then got results and made more changes and got more results, was that, um, and he didn't tell me about any of this, by the way. We weren't talking. And he didn't, I didn't know any of this was going on. So he, he <laughs> didn't bring it up at all? No, no. We weren't talking. Mm -hmm. we, we just weren't. And he, he made that clear. He didn't want to, you know. Mm -hmm. But then he called me about after two or three years of this process, and he said to me, you won't believe it, Johnny. And I said, what? And he said, it's just unbelievable, Johnny. You want, it's, it's impossible, but it's happened. And I, I said, well, what, Dad? What is it that you want to tell me well, that's so unbelievable? He said, well, it turns out you were right. <laughs> wow. Incredible. 
And I said, what do you mean? And then he told me about this whole, about his meeting with the cardiologist and what the guy had said and, they, and the changes he'd made in his diet over these few years and the results he'd gotten. He said, now I'm not a card carrying vegetarian, which was a phrase that was reminiscent to me of McCarthy. <laughs> so so card carrying. Yeah. Yes. My, I think in my dad's mind, a vegetarian and a communist were kind of the same thing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, and, and not a good thing at all. But, but, um, but he said, you know, if he was out at a fundraiser and they served steak, he'd eat it. But other than that, he wouldn't have it in the home. And, and um, he had become uh, a non-card-carrying non and <laughs> virtually a vegan. He didn't eat any ice cream anymore, didn't eat any sugar anymore. No. And he'd lost all this weight that he needed to lose. He no longer needed the blood pressure meds that they told him he'd have to take the rest of his life, and which had really severe side effects that he hated, that he no longer was experiencing. He no longer needed insulin. He no longer even needed uh, diabetic pills. His wow. diabetes reversed. Yeah. And he was flabbergasted. He, he just couldn't you know, it, it put two and two together because on the one hand, he he was he felt better than he had in, in 30 years. And he was his golf game had improved 10 strokes, which really mattered to him. Um he, he he was thrilled. But on the other hand, it meant acknowledging that what he had done with his life and where all of his money had come from had a had a shadow side to it. He loved to think that he made people happy, that ice cream made people happy, that Baskin Robbins made people happy. That was a slogan, an advertising slogan one year for the company. He, he really believed that. He wanted to believe that. And the fact that that happiness was so short-lived and came at such a price was something he really didn't want to look at. Mm -hmm. But to his credit, and I, I, I honestly admire him more for this than I do for all his business achievements, prodigious mm -hmm. as those are but he 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 found a way to appreciate what i'd done with my life yeah even though it was such a disappointment to him at one level because it wasn't what he wanted and even though it it ran it kind of was counter to the to the well to the ice cream business certainly yeah. and his whole identity was was built on that i mean he, he um but but he found a way, and and um, we had a rapprochement at the end that was beautiful. There were still a few things we didn't talk about. His politics and mine didn't jive, but but the love was there, and and um, and some beautiful things happened, particularly on his deathbed, um, uh, where where the love prevailed, yeah. and all these these this this dissonance and pain from the past just seemed to not be important anymore. And wow. um, I so admire him for his ability to uh, to make that shift at, at, at an advanced age. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it doesn't get easier as you get older to shift. And he did. And, and um, I'll always be grateful to him for that. Uh, th that's absolutely remarkable. A lot of the people in the audience are saying this. This should be a movie. This this really should. Um, and and, and the, I agree with you. Um, sometimes hard work of management is not as uh, impressive as 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 uh, 
cataclysmic as changing your mind about something yeah. that is fundamental to you. So that that says a lot about him, and it's uh, remarkable. Um, since then, um, uh, since uh, he what, what what year did he pass away? If you don't mind me, asking. he died in 08. 2008. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were in contact with him all the way to the to the very end. And yeah, you know, we we when I when I made when I left and and um, made the break from his his desires for how I what I would do with my life, we didn't talk for a while. We there was a real um, split, and you know, it wasn't any point because it would just turn into an argument, and it'd be the same argument every time. So what's the point of that? Yeah. Um, wasn't going anywhere and it wasn't leading to better communication or either of us feeling heard or seen or understood or appreciated. It was just, so we were stuck in that and yeah, it was, it was needed to take a, a long time out. Uh, but then what happened after his, his, his cardiologist leveled with him and he made the changes he made and was he became a little more interested in, in me and, and we, we, um, developed a friendship there and 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 it was still um a little tentative you know always um yeah. but it was loving and and one of the things that impressed him was my book sold a lot of copies <laughs> and yeah. that spoke his language there was there was a day i got a large advance for one of my books because my other books had been bestsellers so the publisher you know believed in in me in that way and and, and they gave me a very large advance for one of my books. And I, I knew that he would um, be impressed. And mm, yeah, I mean, it was not the kind of money he's used to dealing with. Yeah. But it's what it was a lot for me. And, and, and I, I showed him the contract and all that. And yeah. he, was, he was just astounded. And he said, they pay you that much money for writing a book? <laughs> 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 it, it sounds like you some people read books you know? <laughs> <laughs> amazing oh, he was uh well he was he was a great man in 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 his own way you know yeah. like having and running a company um having so many employees uh you know it it requires a lot of energy and a different mindset and, you know, as your father, I'm sure he expected greatness from his children, too. And you just showed it in a different way. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he was impressed and he was very proud of you. And it's phenomenal that your different ways actually saved him, saved his I know. life. Isn't that, isn't that sweet? I mean, that, yeah. that, who would have thought that? I didn't expect that. No. I, I never. You, you made him stay on earth for a longer period of time for him to engage with his grandchildren and spend more yes. time with his children. And, and enjoy his life because, you know, he, he didn't, I mean, his, his wife got Alzheimer's and he had to deal with that, but he was healthy. He, he made his change when he was uh, about 70. And at that time, the, um, his, his physicians were telling him that he had at best a year or two to live. He lived another 20 years and they were healthy. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So, so he, and his mind was completely clear at the end. I mean, he, his, he was cognitively intact. In fact, he, he said he felt sharper and more lucid and had better memory than he had when he was in his 60s. And I, I think that was true because he was clogging up. He, he was, you know, and um, maybe not 
like my mom, but he, he, he was, he was losing it a bit. And, yeah. and, and it was great to see him, you know, thrive and enjoy his life, enjoy his golf game, enjoy the things that he liked doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and have the energy to take care of my mother. Of course, he paid people to do a lot of stuff, but he he still had was had enough energy to be involved to to run the ship mm-hmm. of their of, of what was going on there and and to enjoy his his life and and what he got to experience in those later years. And, and, and well, it's, yes, it's 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 I I I never you know it, somebody once said, well, it proves that blood is thicker than ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. I, I tell you, what you described there is, is I want to kind of take a little digression to kind of point that out. If even people in their 70s, if they make the changes, especially like your father was cognitively challenged. Running a business is a mental gymnastics because every minute you have to adapt to the next thing and uh, you know the, the changes are on the corner. So he was cognitively active. He had that going for him. When, when he took away the burden of vascular risk factors of diabetes, insulin resistance, cholesterol, high blood pressure, then you give the brain, this incredibly active brain, so much of a chance. We've seen this repeatedly, actually, in our 80-year-old patients. And we had a, several of them. One of them was on a, one of the talk shows, actually spoke about this. They were already diagnosed with dementia in their 80s, um, borderline, and they changed their life. And they literally are telling us that they were sharper than they were when they were younger. Because when you've developed cognitive reserve, and you, as you said it beautifully, when you take away that burden of vascular pathology, the years of clogged arteries, sugar, uh, cholesterol, and everything else, and give the brain a chance, it will do amazing things for many, many years going forward. So that's that's a story we see we hear over and over again, and it's it's an incredibly optimistic story. It, it is, and and it's one in which it kind of flies in the face of the prevailing beliefs, which is that dementia is genetic and it's inevitable with aging, and and it's so common in our society. You know, there's so much of it that people can be forgiven for thinking it's normal, for yeah. thinking this is what aging is. Yeah, and it's one of the my goals is to uh, discredit that that belief. It's not normal. Yeah. It, we've normalized it. Um, and it's become the norm in our society. It's very, very common, obviously. But it doesn't have to be so. And and there are cultures where it isn't that way, you know, the blue zones. And, and there are lots of people, individuals, who maybe have the APOE4 gene. or um, and, and so they're at a genetic... Uh, disadvantage in in terms of, of cognitive aging but they don't have to get alzheimer's and 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 they don't have to get to any form of dementia they don't have to get any, even mild cognitive impairment as we call it yes you know i i'm finding that i my short-term memory isn't as perfect as it used to be but my capacity yes. to see the bigger picture um and to hold different viewpoints paradoxically even conflicting viewpoints simultaneously without to, without kind of choosing between them but just embracing them and, and and getting a deeper experience of life that way has grown immeasurably as I've gotten older and I actually don't experience the 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 slight memory loss that I do have as as anything but funny because really I, I remember now things that are more important. 
and some of the details. And that's not what we see with people who have cognitive impairments, who do have dementias, that they, they, what, what they experience is, is really tragic eventually. And, um, and I, I wouldn't want to go through it. I, I wouldn't want to see anyone I love go through it. I've had to see people I love go through it as I'm, as I know you have, as most of us have actually if yeah. we've lived long enough. Yeah. Unfortunately um, it's quite common, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. And getting people to grasp that, 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 it, that what they thought was inevitable isn't mm. yeah. that, that, that the, that the aging they have envisioned for themselves, which is mostly deterioration and pain and frustration and loss, um, doesn't have to be that way. You know, there's the serenity prayer. Yeah. Uh, it's used in the 12-step programs a lot. It's a beautiful prayer where, in which we ask for the serenity to accept the things we cannot change and the courage to change the things that we can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. I, I think our society is big on when it comes to aging, thinking about, well, we can't change anything, so we'll just have to accept it. Um, that's not acceptance. That's resignation. That's acquiescence. That's, that's not, not having the courage to, to change what we can. And it's not having the wisdom to see the difference and to know, yeah, there's things you can't change. You can't change who your parents were. You can't change how you were raised. You can't change your genetics. There's a lot you can't change, but you can change your epigenetics. You can change how your genetics are expressed or not. You could change so much more about your aging process than we have been led to think yeah. and we have been taught to believe. And when we believe that we can't change it, we, we don't do the things that could change it. We don't see the opportunities that present themselves. We don't read the Shurzai's books. We don't sign up for your programs. We don't because we think we can't change it. And we are then prisoners of that belief to our, to our own, our, uh, you know, regret. And, and, and I think, the more people that get that aging, yeah, there's loss attached to it. It's not for sissies, as they say, but it can also be beautiful that our creativity yeah. and our, our, our ability to be wise and, and true elders and to care for, for future generations and care for the, our children and our grandchildren and other people's children and grandchildren too, you know, can be heightened and never greater. Um, yeah. That's, and, and that we can be of service and value as we get older. That we're not just put out to pasture or find ourselves in, a, in an assisted living facility because we 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 have so many needs now. Um, I mean, if if a person needs those things, that they should have them. I'm not putting that down, but we don't have to need nearly as much as we often think we will need because we think we're going to be sick, yeah, and disabled and and have dementia and. There's so much else that's possible, yeah. and I, I want people to feel that for themselves to know yeah. that if they make the changes you guys are talking about constantly, the data is overwhelming. It's yeah. coherent, it's compelling, it's 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 consistent, it's conclusive. Yeah. We, we 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 can have so much brighter futures, yeah. and and. We we could create a so so much more compassionate world, yeah. Um, than yeah. we have thought was possible. I mean, if there's Beautiful. one thing unique about humans, we try to. Uh, I mean, we've gone through these different iterations, but we 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 try to distinguish humans as different from other species in so many meaningless ways. 
the one meaningful way is that if we are special, if we are truly special, is our ability to get past the point of survival and to get beyond the personal level of self-preservation and to get to the next level of the other and compassion and broader compassion, broader compassion, not just for survival of socialization as a tools of survival, but true compassion. We have so much of a journey ahead of us to go there, to get there. There's no need to settle for what we have. That's that's the beauty that we have. On another point that you were making is that you are more alert and aware right now than you ever were. It's actually true. Something that I say that that's it's a little controversial, I, and, and I have teenagers in my household, you know them, and they're pretty smart, but I say, you know, as people people get older and they're keeping healthy, they're actually more conscious, con- conscious than an average 18, 19, 20-year-old or 17-year-old or 15-year-old in our case. And that's not a putting you down. That's something you can look up and look, look forward to. Because what it is, is islands of consciousness, which is islands of experience. The islands of experience that a 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old has is a much broader, more connected, more meaningful, higher, higher level of awareness because it's, it's a multidimensional perspective. So yes, I might forget the name of some actor. You know, the other day I was trying to think of this one movie and, and I couldn't, uh, and I'm not that, that as wise as most of the people that we're speaking to, but, but, uh, but my perspective, my ability to find joy in, in the smallest things. I remember the anxious teenager that I was. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and yet there. now the smallest things get me, give me joy because I, I, it has, life has given me perspective and broader vision, broader perspective, which is greater consciousness, a higher level of consciousness. So you're right. If we just help our patients, our communities to be a little healthier, we give them that. It's not just living from moment to moment. It's broader experiences of joy, of love, of compassion, of connectivity, of, of all these things that make us human. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a responsibility that we all have. And we started, the two of us started by reading your work and, and your amazing work. So having said that, You've now been at this for a few years, 87 to now, at least, well, before 87, but the book came out in 87. Now, how many books later? Nine, 10 books later, yeah. Yeah. 10 books later. If, so if anybody we should listen to from uh, your perspective and your, as your experiences, where do you see where we were as far as awareness of health? I know there's a lot more noise now. Right now, Aisha and I are in the middle of trying to answer this one podcaster that has got millions and millions of followers and has put out some, some information that's not accurate. I'm being kind. About Alzheimer's. About Alzheimer's. Oh, but uh, yeah, there's more noise, but that's okay. But given all of this, where you were in 1987, as far as lifestyle and awareness and where we are now, are you more optimistic? I am and I'm not. <laughs> Um, I don't, it's, it's hard to be hopeful about our, our, our collective future right now. Um, there's some noise here. Is it, is it interfering? Okay. It's okay. No, it's no, not interfering. No, no, it's fine. We okay. can hear you. Okay. Um, honestly, 
you know, there are things happening in our world, climate change, uh, are, are things happening. The divisiveness, the polarization uh, in our society is so great. And, and, the, and we have major political figures who are espousing hatred. I mean, that's the energy they're, they're bringing into the world is hatred. And they're, they're evoking that in, 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 in their listeners and their followers. And it's, it's creating more hate in the world. We don't need more hate in the world. We, we, we need more connection. We need more compassion. We need more understanding. And so there's, there's trends that are taking place that have a lot of momentum behind them and are, are, are uh, terrifying to me. And at the same time, I think the real news on the planet, it's not what we, you get when you go to Google News or some of these highly polarized news sites, but the, the real news to me on the planet is love. Mm-hmm. Where it comes from, where it's going, how it's developing, who's feeling it, how, you know, who's sharing it, how it's, what are the conditions that, that support it? And how do we create a, a world that's worthy of our children and our grandchildren and, 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 and that is an expression of our love? And I think that when a person is healthier, when a person is eating well, when a person is doing the kinds of things that you so beautifully lay out in your programs, they can give from a cup that's full to those they love rather than coming trying to give from a cup that's half empty or even empty. They have more to give. They have more to share. They, they and, and so their love will be more powerful. It will make more difference to the people they care about. It will be more intelligent, more wise, more attuned, more sensitive, more, more transparent and more valuable. And then we get to feel that the, the lie that we've absorbed that who we are doesn't matter, that, that, we're selfish creatures and that's all there is to it will be punctured that, and we will have the experience of who we really are and that we will live according to our truer purposes for which we've taken birth in the first place, mm-hmm. which, which isn't to make money. It's certainly to survive. We need to survive. We need our basic needs met, but to help other people also have their needs met and other help other people also be healthy and also be joyful and also take pleasure and joy in little things. In, in, in the moment-to-moment experience that they have. Because when a person is, is really healthy and really well and humming along at, at, at a higher frequency and, and their, their brain is operating well and, and their cardiovascular system is, is, is flowing well, we don't even know what that person would be capable of, what poems yeah. they would write, what beauty they would bring, what, what <laughs> discoveries they would make. I mean, there are people maybe that would discover how to get a new way to get, get fresh water out of seawater, a new way to address c- climate change. But, but if they're burdened because they're, they're, they're all clogged up and they're overweight and they're, they're worried about how they look and, they, and they, they don't have the capacity or the, the resources or the time or the energy or the self, sense of self to, that would allow them to, to fulfill their highest possibilities, their, their their optimum health potential, their optimal creativity and service. You know, we, we have our work cut out for us now. And, yeah. and, and what, I, what does give me hope is I, I sense there is a wave of awakening sweeping the whole planet about plant-based foods and how important they are. Yeah. And, and you see it everywhere. I mean, people are going to McDonald's and Burger King. These aren't people who go, are going there because they want to eat healthy food. That's not why they go to those those establishments, but 
they're 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 interested in trying the, the the impossible burger or the beyond burger or some other veggie burger or the mcplant burger or something and 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 if the people who are le least aware of the food health connection as people who shop who, who eat at those kinds of fast food places tend to be are if they're being exposed to it and they're buying it well that shows something is happening that's much deeper and I think the the environmental consequences of, of the way we've of factory farm meat production are so egregious, and it, it's something we can do something about right away. Yeah, um, you know, reforesting the planet's going to take a long time. It's going to take what we should do it. We need to do it um, and stop deforesting. Stop cutting yeah. down. I mean, we need to do these things. But when you look at the land use that beef production in particular, but all meat production and dairy production entails. And but what we could do if we took, if we, we repurposed that land, the amount of land it takes and water and energy and other re inputs that it takes to grow a plant-based diet is so much less, so much more modest than, than, than the extravagant use of land and resources that it's involved in, 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 in animal food production. What we could accomplish with that land if we took, took it, took the cattle off it and stopped using it to, to grow uh, cattle feed and, and, and other feeds for livestock it is unbelievable. I mean, we, we, we could put so many, create so many wind farms, so many solar farms. Um, we could um, let it just grow back into wilderness and be, be habitat for the wildlife where we tend to be extinguishing. Um, we, we could re, re green the world. Yeah. Um, and we have to. Right. To, to absorb the CO2 and, and the other greenhouse gases. Right. And so to me, well, the, the fact that the same food choices are that are best for your health, they give you the, the, the lowest cholesterol, the lowest risk of heart disease, the lowest risk of diabetes, the lowest risk of being overweight, the lowest risk of dementia, the healthiest you are also the same food choices that are kindest to animals yeah. and are also the same food, cho food choices that are most benevolent to, to, to the environment, that take the least toll on the ecosystems, that cause the least pollution of our, of our water and our air and our bodies and our minds. The fact that those things line up that way is to me one of the signs of grace in our world. It's, 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 um, it didn't have to be that way. It, it could have been that the healthiest choices were the cruelest or the most damaging to the environment, but that's not what it is. That's not what it is. And that fact that, that what serves you individually, what is selfishly best for your body and, and, and your health is also the kindest and almost compassionate is also the most, mo most, um, uh, harmonious with the ecosystems. Yeah, I just that I find that fact to be riveting, and right. inspiring, and galvanizing, and I and I and it. it so that's what gives me hope. Yeah. Is that truth, and that and and then the more people that that become aware of that truth in different ways, and get, maybe even parts of it, not all of it, but some of it, they start to take action on that. They start to live in accord with that. And their lives start to sing. 
and and they start to be able to complete the poem that they started when they were born, the poem of their lives, rather than aging in a way where they're just trying to get through the day. Yeah, they're just trying to cope and and barely being able to. Yeah, and, and, and instead being being excited to be alive, being grateful to be to wake up in the morning, to to know you have a purpose and that you have value because of your your fulfillment of that purpose and your your dedication to that purpose and and your gratitude for, for, for that purpose and the opportunities that it gives you to to give to others in meaningful ways i mean <laughs> I love so much. we the uh, this life of purpose which is manifesting itself in reality in mm -hmm. front of us with 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 so much more um sense of joy and, and empowerment and, and is, uh, is depicted in the video that I always talk about, the Steven Pinker's uh, uh, video right. about reason. Um, it, it has an incredible sticky power. Once the word comes out, once a, a, a piece of reason is created that is solid. Oh, <laughs> yep, there. there. Once a piece of reason that's created that is solid, some two little neurologists while trying to help the world in 8,000 miles away in Afghanistan, open up that word, read it. And just two months earlier, they were eating meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, literally trying to open up a factory while doing everything else around meat and everything. And, and the word made sense and it changed people's lives. It changed our life completely. Um, it completely changed our direction. Yeah, you you got us kicked out of a country, but that's okay. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> it was a good thing we got kicked out. Well, I was just reading the comments uh, from some of our friends, um, Jim Montgomery and so many others. They essentially read your book and they adopted a plant-based diet and a lifestyle to be compassionate to themselves, to the animal, to the planet. And so it's it's wonderful how words or you know the action of one person can start this entire movement this entire revolution and you know we stick to each other and we get energy from each other dean and i had a very um <laughs> intense response to this podcast that he was talking about earlier just kind of going over each and every step of all the myths and you know the six hours it took us last night six wow. hours of work and wow. so we we woke up this morning and we were like oh, and we drank our coffee and we were very excited to see you. But now I feel like I'm on steroids. We're energized. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, we are very energized. Uh, yeah. uh, no, this is not, a, a, you know, mutual. Right. It's not, uh, not congratulating ourselves or anything like that. I think I, I'm interested in the mechanism of hope. I'm interested mm. in um, essentially creating a system of how do we stay on the right track? How do we stay evidence-based? And how do we get involved in spreading this truth? How do we remind ourselves of this purpose every single moment? Because it can be hard. It almost sometimes feels as if you're going against uh, you know, yeah. the current and yeah. you're being hit over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And it can get tiring. Um, so listening to you, it, it, it makes sense. And I I want you to tell us, you know, based on your experience, and I'm, I know that we highlighted your successes in your books and this beautiful community that you put together. I'm pretty sure there have been moments of 
of of distress and difficulty in your life as well and it's wonderful oh, sure. to to hear and see that you've been hopeful and you you know you fall down and you get up but as individuals who don't necessarily have a very strong backing say for example we don't have any guidelines from the government or from higher agencies telling us what to do what would be your message for people what what would they do to stick to this kind of a purpose driven life well we all get knocked down sometimes that's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, there are going to be blows. There's going to be losses. Um, this is the earth. <laughs> this is the material world. We we don't do perfection here. We we do learning here. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can learn from your mistakes, if, if you and rather than beat yourself up about them um, and go into shame, and if you can learn from, if you can say, well. Um, if I could do that over again, knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I would do it differently. Here's what I would do, knowing what I know now, if I could do it over again. But I also know that I I know what I know now because I did it that way. I learned <laughs> something from the mistake. So it served a purpose. It is not in vain. And and I, you know, so I've noticed that some people get knocked down and, and they get up and they get knocked down again and they get up. And maybe they knock down eight times, they get up nine. Where somebody else, they get knocked down twice and they stay down. They're, they're just, they don't want to deal with this anymore. It's too painful. And, and I think we can get up when we're knocked down more often than we, we give ourselves credit for. And what gets us up, what enables us to get up when we've knocked down, when we feel despair, when we feel broken, when we feel so much loss, is the sense that we are, there's something greater operating mm-hmm. in us and in our world than we have had access to yet, than we've mm-hmm. been able to know yet. And, but it's there. And, you know, the, the 12 step programs talk about being, listening to your higher power, as you understand that. Um, different religions talk about it differently. Um, I'm always looking for the common denominator, right? Not the not the 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 the, the religious orientation that that, that excludes. Mm-hmm. But what what what? How how do we live this in a way that's inclusive? Mm-hmm. And 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 for me, it just comes down to something pretty simple, which is love. Mm-hmm. I mean, hope. My my sense of hope is a roller coaster. Sometimes I have days I'm more hopeful than others. And there's days I'm less hopeful than others. That's just going to be how it is. But even when I'm not hopeful, even when I'm down, when I'm experiencing loss and and grief, I can find beauty in that. I can be with that with compassion. And, and, And I can know that there's something operating in my life, in my mind, in my heart, in all of our lives, in all of our minds and hearts. That's be, maybe beyond our the comprehension that we have have now. We're a little blind, you know. We're we're operating according to our senses, which are limiting. <laughs> they, they're beautiful. They they, they uh, give, we get purchased on the world with them, and 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 that's what being human is about. But there is also something about being human that connects us to the infinite and to the intimate at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's where I find spirituality. And that's where I find inspiration is, is where the intimate and the infinite meet, where, where 
where and where love is is so even when I'm not feeling hopeful, I can feel loving. I can bring yeah. love where it's needed, when it's needed, and where is it needed most? Other than when the, when someone is feeling hopeless, yeah. when something is feeling damaged, broken, you know, and 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 dispirited. I mean, we all have those those times. We do. We we, do. we have dark nights. We have dark months. We have dark years of the soul, but but they don't have to break us permanently. They they can give birth to new to life in us, new new possibilities, new visions, and um, and I think the key is learning from our mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> it cool. sounds so simple, but we will make them. I've made them. I've made them. Boy, have I made them! And and if I can learn from them rather than 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 regret them, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe I regret them some, but I can. But still, <laughs> I used to learn as much as I can. From, okay. So I don't. So I can make new mistakes. Yeah, you know, oh, it's the same ones over and over again. Because if I'm making new mistakes, I have new opportunities to learn new things, and that keeps me fresh. Absolutely. No, we, we, I'm, I'm, we're same as you. We are very hopeful because of the human potential and this this human mind that we're trying to preserve in the most number of people, and its ability to find the path, to find the path of compassion, to path, find the path of truth to find the path of clarity, to find the path of union, not the divisive, but the inclusive. Uh, the divisive and the inclusive is, is that little home that gives you security because you recognize those walls. And, and those walls are safe, but they're also incredibly destructive because they come walls upon walls upon walls. I don't want to sound like some philosopher, but, but, but our mind's ability to break through and then to see the connection, to see the union, to see the love in everybody is, is incredibly hope provoking, especially when you read history. And, and we, you and I, we were, we were, we just came from Spain and we were, we love listening to a book together and we're listening to the historical perspectives changing over time. I'm incredibly hopeful about it. As long as we don't destroy the planet with a nuclear war, that's a separate thing, or destroy the planet because of the, some rapid global the generation that we haven't seen, I am incredibly hopeful for the net human uh, passion, compassion, and knowledge to to break through this. And again, again, not to give you false and flattery, but you are one of those lights. Uh, the first book we read when we first met was uh, Paulo Coelho's Warriors of Light. Boy, are you one of those warriors, and we, we love you for it. Uh, we've gone past an hour. I think we should ask our audience, who love you, by the way, they're going... Uh, yeah, so would see if anybody has any questions that they want to ask. I, I, John was so inclusive in his thoughts, and he, you know, he he essentially answered a lot of the questions that we had. Yes. But I, I don't see anything but love for you, John. And I, you know, it's your books um, have changed lives. Um, you have individuals who have been followers of of your community for a very long time. Um, you have new lovely friends who are just getting to know you and are so inspired by your message, by your life. And um, they're just sending you a lot of love. Um, I think uh, at, at just to kind of bring everything together, um, I would love for everyone to, you know, be familiar with your books if they haven't read it as of yet. I think The Diet for New America is a phenomenal book and it's a great, it's it's so wonderful, John, that you wrote this book in 1987 
And I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about that too. Back then, writing a book was not as easy as it is now. Internet wasn't there. I mean, you had to do a whole lot of research and speak with people to get the right kind of data. That must have been an incredible journey, wasn't it? Well, it was. And, and um, I, it, it's hard to explain, but I, I wrote the book actually in 1984 through 86, and it was published in 87. Mm -hmm. um, but during those years, it, I took two years and, and my wife sold water filters and clean houses and um, to keep us afloat while, while we were doing that. Um, Cause we were, we had some, a little bit of savings. I, I made some money, but not a lot. And, and um, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I, I, when I walked away from my dad's company, I, I walked away from his money and I told him I didn't want to have any access or dependence on his money. And I, I, that's how I lived. And, um, so we, we, uh, we, we didn't have any extra. And so she was cleaning houses and water, selling water filters and doing bookkeeping for different people and just doing everything she could to, to bring in some money. And while I'm writing a book, but we don't, I'm not, I'm an unknown person. I don't have a standing in the world. I'm not a published author. And I, I had some glimpse of statistics that unpublished authors, first time authors, their chance of getting published is very low. And if they do get published, the chances of that book ever selling very much is even lower. So it's really, uh, the odds aren't great. Yeah. Um, but, but she was so supportive of me. She believed in it. And I never thought while I was writing it, is this book going to get published? Is anybody going to read? I just had to write it and I do the best job I could of writing it. And then it did get published and it was read by a lot of people. And, 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 I've always been very grateful for that. Um, it, it's a, a, a rare and rare privilege, really. It, it, it's it's amazing, and and it's it's uh, fascinating that the information that is coming to us now from all great researchers and from different cohorts of study is essentially a variation of the same theme. Yes, yeah. we have become more nuanced about understanding, you know, the the relationship between nutrition and better health, but the, the message is consistent. Even though we hear a lot of noise and fighting in the world of nutrition, the, the main message is eat more vegetables, eat more fruits, whole grains, nuts, and seeds, cut down on saturated fats, cut down on meat, cut down on sources of foods that are very processed, that have additives in them, too much refined sugar, salt, it's essentially the same thing, whether it's the MIND diet or the Mediterranean diet or the DASH diet, whether it's coming from Rush University in Chicago or Columbia University or Harvard University from different parts of the world, the same message over and over again. And I am, you know, so so your, your book was essentially like a jolt to a lot of people. Just wake up, here's the relationship. And then slowly and gradually, people getting inspired by the message, mm -hmm. whether they were in the field of medicine or not. They built and they built and they built. And thankfully, we have opportunities to have communities like this where lovely individuals are joining us today, listening to this conversation. And we're all believers of the fact that we can do something about stopping devastating diseases like dementia and cancer and cardiovascular disease. But um, you're a trailblazer and you were the one who essentially started it when it was not, you know, popular. Popular. It's so we're just so grateful to you for that. 
Well, thank you. You know, there, there's an old saying, you can tell the pioneer by the arrows in their back. And, <laughs> and I, that isn't a, a metaphor that's respectful to the Native Americans, by the way, but yeah. it, it, there's a point there, and which yeah. is when you step out and, and, and do something that's, that that's challenges the basic assumptions of the culture, um, even when those assumptions are destructive and damaging and, and, and hurtful, you're going to get resistance. And yeah. when you make changes in your own life, you're going to get resistance from the people around you, people in your workplace. You're going to get mocked. You're going to get insulted. You're going to get challenged. You're going to get questioned. You're going to get all that crap. But you know, it's worth it because you're, you're actually taking these steps for yourself and others and for the very people. You know why they give you such a hard time? It's because they don't trust that they could do it. And they're trying to reinforce or get validity for their cynicism. But they're also wanting to know, are you for real? Can, do you still have a sense of humor? Can you take a joke? Even if it's your, even if it's at your expense? I mean, um, and do you hold up? Is this just another fad or not? You know, and if you hold your 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 inner calm and confidence and 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 composure in, in the face of those insults when they come, and and give and respond with as much compassion as you can, and no, and not get entangled unduly, then what happens in time is the very people that were mocking and insulting you are the ones who become they they, they see they're not going to be the, the the pioneers, they're the followers. But you're making it safe for them because you're yeah. doing it when it is harder, when it's more unusual, when it's more controversial. And they're, 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 they, they're not the kind of people that do that, but they are the kind of people who will challenge you. And then when they see that you stand up to the challenge and they, and they see what, your energy and they, they want some of that, they, they see what you've got and they want some of it, they, they will, they'll come along. Now, they may not become absolute vegans. They may not. Be, become completely plant-based, but they will eat healthier. Mm -hmm. They will make steps in the right direction. They will be grateful to you, even if they never tell you about it. Mm -hmm. And you can live with the knowledge that you, what you're doing is helping even the people who are criticizing you. Yeah. Even the people yeah. who are putting obstacles in your way. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I, my, my, my dad, I, he, he really did put every obstacle in my way that he could possibly do. He, he did not take kindly to my life choices. Um, and he put the full weight of his, his, his power and money behind the, some of that stuff. And he hurt me, but in the long run, I did all, I, and he knew it. He eventually knew it. Some people will eventually know some won't, but you can know it. Yeah. And that knowing that you're, 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 wor you're working and living on behalf of, of everybody all life, all species, the, the, the very web of life, uh, the preciousness of it. The, and you, 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 you start to live with, with reverence, mm -hmm. you know, not, not phony, holy reverence, but a deep, deep sense of the preciousness and the privilege of life. Yeah. You don't forget that. Yeah. And, and that's the gift. And that, and that's, that, that's the reward. And, when you have that, you can withstand the blows and you can withstand the losses. You're a lot more resilient emotionally and you're a lot more cl clear and lucid 
cognitively and and you're more powerful um and that's what we need we need we need powerful you know people who who are working and living on behalf of life and all of us and I, I, I see that happening, and I see you guys as, you know, you're giving me a lot of acknowledgement and, 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 and appreciation, and, and I thank you for that. I do. I appreciate it. But it, it's not me. It's never been me. It's, it, I, I have been had the good fortune of being a vehicle for something and, and um, being a, a communicator of something. Um, there are so many people now who've taken up the, 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 the baton. Yeah. It's like a relay race. And, and I maybe got it started and handed it off to you guys. And But now that so many batons are being passed. Yeah. And there are so many people able to run further and faster and stronger than they would have thought possible. And and it it's it's not an easy time to be hopeful about our future. But it's, for me, uh, uh, it's never been easier to be more grateful for the human spirit and what it's, what, what it's capable of. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I think um, this I was one of the most energizing um, conversations we've had. Um, we, 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 we were at your home about a couple of months ago or July. Month, July yes. Yeah. With your lovely wife. We had, we had dinner John at the patio. Deo made us such lovely dinner. And, and Brenda, uh, and, Brenda and the, the loveliest dinner we had. So, um, uh, we 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 are connected with you, with the family, with the with the with the idea of bringing compassion and joy and health to the world. We're you are our chosen family. We're forever connected. Thank you so much for this time, for this uh, beautiful beautiful expression of your 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 existence. Um, yeah, I'm, we're hopeful with you. We're hopeful. We're we're scared of some of the things. Yes, around uh, around us. But in general, the dialogue, we're, we're very hopeful of the consciousness. We're very hopeful of the dialogue that's progressing. Um, yes, there's a lot of noise that's shaking things all over the place. So we get scared of these crazy statements and conversations. But the general direction of dialogue is more enlightened, more aware, more knowledge, more data. And uh, we love you as one of the people that, uh, that brought us into this uh, realm. So thank you so much. And uh, we hope to see you soon. We love well, you, John. You, you are my chosen family, too. And it's uh, just a, such a pleasure to be with you always, always, every time. And I look forward to many more opportunities. Oh, I cannot wait. Thank you so much for thank your you. time. Everybody's sending you their love and their <laughs> appreciation. And they thank you from the bottom of their hearts. We love you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. you.